Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to this episode of Top 5, The Weird and Mysterious. If you're new to this channel, welcome. In this episode of Top 5, we will look into the twilight world of the supernatural, UFOs, aliens, and the paranormal with world-renowned podcaster of the strange and mysterious, my guest, Jim Harold. Jim, my friend, how's it going? Hi, Christina. Uh, good to be with you. And with your friend up there, I see your friend up there. I, I think it's always great to have like a co-host alongside you know, for it, moral it, support. Not just moral support, but it it allows him to also carry the, sh the show on his shoulders as well, Mr. Puck the Puck Wedgie. <laughs> I love it. I just have a skeleton back there, although I do have an alien. You can see the alien in the corner there. But so. also a hand, a helping hand right behind yeah, you hand, as well. I've got a hand and the jellyfish. You got, I don't know if you can. I always forget which way to slide, but the jellyfish there. People, people are like, are they real? I'm like... I would not put poor living creatures in such a small container. No, they're not real. They're fake. <laughs> and I, I've said this multiple times when I speak to you, either when you're on this show or when I'm on yours, you have the coolest background I've ever seen for a podcaster. There's no one that compares to you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, just a lot of junk that I found. <laughs> now, over the years, I like to collect little pieces, and this is a nice nice way to kind of display them and I switch it out sometimes I'll bring in the Frankenstein take out the alien move the skull you know just uh, play around with stuff and uh, thinking of making it a game and asking people what's changed in the background but I, I love it and I love I video and uh, I, I love doing video as we were discussing before video is not a huge thing for me I'm mainly known for my podcast but I just like doing it so I'm going to continue to do it but uh, again so glad to be here and thank you for the invite my pleasure. Very quickly, for those that are not familiar with you and your work, give us a brief overview of who you are and what your show covers. I'm a full-time paranormal podcaster. I've been podcasting since 2005, uh, full-time since 2012. And, um, and that's very nice, Bandrew. Hey, if anybody wants advice on microphones, talk to Bandrew. He is the man. Check out his YouTube channel. Now, that's a YouTube channel. That's uh, excellent. Uh, so anyway, the, the point being, I started in 2005 for fun. And uh, then uh, all of a sudden, you know, this uh, kind of grew and grew and became my full-time gig. I started doing Jim Harold's Campfire, which is probably my most popular show. Continued to do the Paranormal Podcast, and I've added other shows over this the years and the Plus Club and stuff. But it's, it's great, and I cover everything from 
your favorite topic, I think UFOs, to ghosts, to cryptid creatures, to what I call head scratchers, things you can't quite explain. So I really enjoy doing this. I love doing this. And uh, I hope the audience enjoys it as well. It's it's gone well. It's uh, something I couldn't have dreamed of when I got out of college because it didn't exist. And uh, here I am years later doing it full time. So very cool. I'm very grateful. I think a lot of people will enjoy what you have to say today because one, you're an incredible storyteller and two, you've been doing this for what, a little under two decades. So like you kind of have a grasp of the craft on how to speak, how to podcast, how to tell stories, which is a skill that in general, not a lot of people have, and you kind of learn as you go. And for the most part, you're thrown to the wolves and you kind of hope for the best, hoping that you're going to swim. <laughs> when you don't also why would you be with the wolves and swimming at the same time i don't know but <laughs> at, when it comes to podcasting it's like that yeah and i think i've got to say a compliment to you i mean you are one of the 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 i i think foremost young people in this kind of media and i think that you're just destined for great things i think it's amazing what you've already accomplished and i can just imagine one of these days i'm going to be able to say i knew christina gomez back when i knew her back when just re you know just remember that's what me i do when now with you jim now remember 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 me when you're rich and famous and on all the big networks and everything say so take my call. <laughs> I wouldn't miss that phone call or that email, but let's let's get into the topic for today. And for those that are already liking Jim, all of his social media links are in the description box below. And we've done a full interview format show as well. You can find that right here on this channel because we're going to be touching on things that he's done in the past, but for the most part, the full interview video you can find right here to know more about him. But to start off, you are best known at this point in time for your campfire stories. Now, mm -hmm. tell us the format of that on your show, and then you got to tell us your all-time favorite campfire story that you've ever heard. Well, campfire is a very simple format, and it was born out of uh, my show, The Paranormal Podcast, which continues to, to this day, and that's an interview format show. But uh, Jim Harold's Campfire was born a week that I didn't have a guest. And I said, well, I've got to put out a show. What am I going to do? I thought, oh, I'll do listener stories. Very simple, one-shot thing. And based on the response, I said, wow, I got I, I to gotta, I gotta do this. The people are really enjoying it. So it's simply a show, and it has never, never changed uh, really at all, except we expanded to 90 minutes a couple of years ago. Uh, but um, anyhow... Um, we expanded it to 90 minutes. People call in and they just tell their spooky stories. Could be UFOs, could be ghosts, could be cryptid creatures, as I said, could be head scratchers. And we don't add a lot of music or any music for that matter. We just have people on and we talk to them about their stories. And our kind of default position on the show is taking people at face value. I mean, the vast majority of people I've spoken to over the years, I think they're being sincere. I think they're being real. Uh, I think they are sharing their stories as they have experienced them, as they have interpreted them. And uh, probably my favorite all-time story is probably uh, of the Roadhouse Saloon, if you do want to hear that. Would you want to oh, hear that story? 
I love this story. You've told it on the interview, but for those that haven't seen it that are so new to you, please tell the story because it's incredible. Okay, well, thank you. And, uh, and thank you for showing the podcast artwork so people can find it if they're on their favorite podcast app. Um, this goes back quite a few years. This probably goes back over, definitely over 10 years ago. Um, we had a caller by the name of T.I., and uh, she was calling from Michigan, but this happened in Wisconsin. And she and her family every summer would go up to, like, this campground or something. So one evening, about an hour away from the campground, there was this band playing, and her and a friend from the camp drove up to see it. Uh, his name was Bob. So Bob and T.I. went up about an hour away to see this band, and they, they went to this bar, and they stayed till 2 o'clock in the morning, closed the place out. I actually went back to the bar to talk to the folks because, uh, or went to talk to the band because they were musicians themselves. So anyway, they're driving home. It's like 3 o'clock in the morning, and they have about an hour to go. It's this two-lane road. It's very darkly lit, not really lit at all. And all of a sudden, T.I.'s like, you know, I've got to go to the restroom. And uh, Bob kind of says, well, unless you want to pull up a tree, I don't think we have any options here. And she said, just drive fast. So anyway, they drive a little bit down the road, 10 or 15 minutes, and they see this bar. That place is open, neon signs, cars in the parking lot. It's got big signs that says the Roadhouse Saloon. They thought, well, that's weird. I mean, by law, I think bars are supposed to be closed by two. But let's not look a gift horse in the mouth. Uh, and they decide to pull in so T.I. could answer the call of nature. And Bob, as they're pulling in, says, you know, I'm really glad. Uh, Bob was an artist. And he said, I'm really glad we're coming here because I heard there's this neat mural on the wall. So anyway, they, they go in. And T.I. goes to the restroom. Bob gets a couple of Coca-Colas, I assume, from the bar. And uh, they're sitting there talking. And lo and behold, there's this huge Old West mural that is on the wall. And it's got, like, cowboys and what they might call back in the day a dance hall girl, bartender, some guys playing cards. And something weird they noticed about a couple things. First of all, um, everybody in the bar, the people in the bar were kind of like, they weren't really communicating. They're just kind of blankly smiling and staring, kind of just kind of an odd vibe. And they also noticed that the people depicted in the mural were actually in the bar. Like the guys playing pool, they weren't playing pool in the mural in the painting. They were playing cards. And uh, the bartender was a cowboy. And the one woman standing over there in real life was the, quote, dance hall girl in the picture. So I guess what I'm saying is that they're just kind of thinking, wow, that's kind of weird. And they talked through a little bit and said, oh, there's a logical explanation. Whoever painted this did this as an homage to these people. These are probably regulars at the bar. Well enough. But the strangeness continued. So there's this old-time Wurlitzer jukebox, which has records, which at the time, you know, 10, 15 years ago was uncommon because everybody had gone to CDs at that point, and things have switched back around now. But anyway, there was this old Wurlitzer jukebox, the bubbler with the beautiful tubes with different colors and uh, records in it. And a guy puts on Chubby Checkers' Let's Twist Again, which is even before my time, Christina, believe it or not, that song. But uh, nevertheless, 
It's playing, and the guy walks up to T.I., and he smiles real big, and he has a mouthful of rotten teeth, T.I. said, and said, want to dance? <laughs> and T.I. had a cane, and she held up the cane and said, I don't dance much. And she said she actually glad she had that excuse to kind of get out of it. So he walks off discouraged. So anyway, the overall, just kind of a weird vibe with the place. Nothing they could put their finger on, just kind of strange. So anyway, they're looking at this mural, and they notice there's these double doors, you know, like in the old Western movies where the guy comes in and goes, I want to see so-and-so, so we can have a showdown. Well, uh, they noticed something in the doorway they didn't notice before. Two misty figures, uh, like columns. One seemed to be taller than the other. And, and then they talked a little more, and they looked back, and it was almost like developing like a Polaroid picture. And one looked like a man, and one looked like a woman. And they talked some more, and they looked back, and it developed some more. And the woman had curly hair and boots, and also had a cane. And that's what Tia had, a cane, curly hair, and boots. At that point, they decide, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Because uh, we don't know what's going on, but we're not going to stay to find out, which is a natural reaction. So they walk out the door. They close the door. The whole place goes dark. And as they're going out, the, the people are motioning back, almost like, come back, beckoning on them almost. So everything, they close the door, Christine, everything goes pitch black. It was never open. Neon signs off. Everything is like there's nobody in there, nothing. They turn around. What was a parking lot full of cars had a car in it, their car. So they decide, you know what? <laughs> we are getting out of here. So they get in the car, Bob peels out, and they leave. Now, that would be a weird story, but it gets stranger. So anyway, T.I. is much braver than I am. A couple nights later, she goes back, I think, with her sister, maybe a friend from the camp. And uh, she wants to see what the deal is with this place. So she goes in. It's about 8 o'clock at night. She's not that brave that she'll go 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, believe me, she's more brave than I am. I'm such a chicken, Christine. I'm safely behind my microphone. I would never do this. So anyway, uh, she she goes back, and first thing she does, she walks in, she looks at the jukebox, and there is a jukebox. But it's not a Wurlitzer old-time bubbler jukebox. It's like a modern jukebox for the day. No records, no records, but CDs, and no chubby checker on the jukebox anywhere to be found, which is weird. Gets a little weirder, though. Um, then she goes up to the bartender and starts talking. So oh, I was here the other day, and the guy tending bar, boy, he was good-looking. Young guy, big strap, and looked like a farm boy, kind of like he'd be pitching hay, you know, kind of big guy. And uh, the woman said, I'm sorry, ma'am, I don't know who you're talking about. The only two people who tend bar here are me and my elderly father. And with that... T.I. left and has never returned to the Roadhouse Saloon. Now, there are two things that are, well, three things maybe that are important to know. The place does exist, and I actually called it pre-pandemic because I wanted to interview somebody from there. Unfortunately, nobody ever called me back. Number two, the mural exists, and I have pictures of it thanks to the great researcher who I highly recommend to be on your show if you ever want to talk about cryptozoology. If you haven't spoken with him, Chad Lewis. He went and took pictures of it. 
and uh, I got the pictures and was able to do a YouTube video on it. And then in 2019, right before the pandemic, I felt so strongly about this story. I drove up to Michigan. I'm in Ohio. And I sat down with T.I. and spent a couple hours with, uh, with her. And first of all, she's a woman who's retired from a very respected professional kind of field that's very respected. I'm not going to say what out of, you know, consideration for her privacy, but, you know, somebody who is like a pillar of the community. Uh, very intelligent, very educated, very sincere. And I sat down with her and I looked face to face, not through a video screen, but face to face. And she told me the story again. Nothing changed. And I believe it more than I did when I heard it the first time on the show. And we've stayed in touch. And uh, I really believe her story. Now, what that is. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I don't know. I don't have a clue. Was it a portal? Was it a time slip? Was it a dimensional thing? I don't know what it was. But it was something, and I believe that it, it did happen. That is something that belongs in an episode of Star Trek something like this, the Twilight Zone, yes, obviously, exactly. because it sounds almost too good to be true. It yeah. sounds like something that comes out of your imagination. But after speaking to the people at the bar, after once again speaking to T.I. and rehearing the story to the point where you like have a feeling that it could have happened, it's, it's mind-blowing. And I think when we think of stories such as this one, and there are others that are somewhat similar to the story that you have mentioned today, sure. what it does, at least in my opinion, it piques our curiosity, our childlike curiosity, because when we were once children, we believed all of that to be true all of the time. But it's only when you begin to get older that you think, no, everything is black and white. No, everything... There is no magic. There is nothing weird or mysterious. Everything is all that matters is my nine to five job, eating and paying the bills. And that's it. Right. But then when you hear stories like these, you think back to your childhood and you say, if this is possible, anything is possible. And that right there is so inspiring. And then it can snap us out of this malaise that so many of us are in where we forget to tap into our our younger selves and so i love this story i've heard you say it and it right. never gets old i could hear it again and again and again it well, has to be maybe one of my favorite stories that uh, i've heard on uh, campfire i'll just briefly tell a story i heard today which has never been this is the first time it's going to be out there in in terms of one of a show that i'm on um, I was uh, interviewing another um, podcaster uh, from uh, her name's Lindsay. She, she's from a podcast called The Chilling Podcast. And, and I'd been on her show and she shared this story with me on her show. I said, it's so good. It is so good that I have to tell it. Uh, so she's going to be on the campfire. But this reminds me, this is something where there's cause for wonder. And I don't want to 
give anybody the wrong idea. I want to, don't want to get super religious or anything like this. But this is a great story, and I have to share it because it speaks to what you're talking about. So anyway, um, her dad was uh, a big fan of Cracker Jacks, the candy Cracker Jacks. I don't know if you right. remember those, Christina. And they yeah, used so to come a little, the... like, paper little toy inside Yeah, or exactly. Something. Well, that comes into play. So her husband, uh, not husband, her father was very relig religious, but he would have his moments of doubt where he didn't believe in God. So um, basically what happened was one day he's at his steel mill job. My dad worked in a steel mill, by the way, which was kind of funny. Uh, but anyway, he said to God, you've got to show me proof because I, you know, I, I'm not going to believe in you unless I see some kind of tangible physical proof that you exist. So anyway, he doesn't think any more about it. He starts to eat his lunch. He eats his Cracker Jacks, and he always loves to get his Cracker Jack prize, Lindsay said. So he opens up the Cracker Jack, and it's a medallion of a dove with an olive branch. And he thought, that's kind of weird. And he thought, is this the sign? So years later, so this whole time he's trying to find out if there's this kind of, and he can't find any information on this kind of a Cracker Jack prize. So he goes to a Cracker Jack museum, and he's talking to the one guy, and they have all the different prizes over the years laid out, and they're showing them. And he shows it to him. He's like, well, I've never seen anything like this, but let me get my manager, because he knows everything about Cracker Jack prizes. And um, he... He talks to the guy, and he's like, you know, um, that certainly looks like something that would have been made by Cracker Jack. It's, it's got all the, the markings and everything. But the thing is, Cracker Jack would have never made anything like this because it's a religious item. And Cracker Jack would not cater to one religion over the other or anything that could be construed that way. So I think what you have there is not just a, a Cracker Jack prize. It's a miracle. So again, not to get overly religious, but stuff, weird stuff happens, Christina. I've heard it too many times. I've heard it too many times. And it just tells me, well, we'll probably get into that later. I don't want to take the, the punchline of one of the top five, but the world is a weird place. Let's put it that way for now. It is. And when you're in this field, doing the research, talking to people, when you're looking at the paranormal, supernatural UFOs and everything unexplained, it goes to show how mysterious our world is. And when you speak to certain people, the experiences that they've had, and they, they feel them to be incredibly real, and you just listen to them, you think... How is something like that possible? And in the story about the Cracker Jacks, after he had asked, please show me a miracle and he gets something like this, and he holds it for years, going to show that he believed that there was something to it, right? Yeah. And then getting the information from the museum stating that it is a miracle. It's interesting that he got that answer so many years later instead of instantly which so right. many of us expect like the song you know i saw the sign right? right just like that but holding on to that that object and then waiting for a long period of time i i find that encouraging in some ways and then discouraging in others because right now we're in a society where everything is instantaneous we need to get the answers now we need to hear back from someone right away right. but uh, to sit back and wait we, we don't have that kind of virtue no. anymore. It's, and, and I'm guilty of it, too. You know, 
I mean, back in the day, you know, things took a lot longer. You had to wait for a letter. Uh, you, you you had to cook things on a stove, you know, whatever. But now I'm, you know, I'm right with everybody else. I'm I, I'm standing in front of the microwave and saying, okay, this 30 seconds is taking a long time here. Come on, come on. What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> By the way, speaking of which, I just realized I took a big slurp. So I apologize to, uh, to everybody who had to listen to the audio of my slurp there. But I just... Got to get off mic if you're going to have a little drink there. But uh, well, anyway. I, did, I didn't hear it. So maybe that <laughs> microphone didn't catch it. But I hope too not. Funny. No, no, I don't think so. So continuing forward, and I think a, a good transition would be to get to our second topic. And that is the experiences with the paranormal. And let, let me let me ask you this to kind of set the stage. From the last story that you just told us about the Cracker Jacks, do you think miracles are supernatural would it, would it be defined as supernatural oh, yes. in your opinion absolutely see there's a big thing about the word paranormal right you know i started the paranormal podcast in 2005 and i'm proud to say as far as i know as far as i know it is the longest running paranormal podcast on the internet in fact it was so early that i got that name the paranormal podcast but when you, I you thought, got the goods. yeah, yeah, and I ended up trademarking it because, you know, I, I thought, boy, that's a really good name. Let me let me hold on to that. Uh, and it's great for SEO, by the way. But the other piece being that when I say paranormal, I think it's different than what most people think of paranormal today. Because I think when the word para, I'll ask you, Christina, what's the first thing that comes into your mind when I say paranormal to you? Something that's abnormal. Oh, okay. See, I like your definition. See, most people would say paranormal TV shows. Oh, geez. And they think of people in black T-shirts running around saying they saw ghosts. Uh, and I'm not saying all those shows are bad. I think some of them are. Some of them are fine. But paranormal these days just means ghost. Oh, it's all about ghosts. And even though, you know, the artwork there, you can see it's pretty clear that's shooting for the ghost thing. That's because, you know, that's that's kind of what sells. And we certainly talk about ghosts on that show. But we also talk about UFOs because I put them into the paranormal category. I also put cryptid creatures. Uh, so forth. Hey, Vereen70, I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's always great to hear from longtime listeners. Um, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. That means a lot. So um, the point being that to me, I have the big tent philosophy. So I say the paranormal podcast, that's a show that's going to cover ghosts, UFOs, cryptic creatures, head scratchers, afterlife, near death experiences, the Bermuda Triangle, maybe strange disappearances. I mean, basically, if anybody out there and Christina, I know you're too young for this. But if anybody out there remembers the old show In Search Of with Leonard Nimoy. I'm familiar was, with it. That was kind of, well, I knew you would be. I knew you would be because you're a student of this stuff. Um, but the, the the point being that anything that show would have covered, this show will cover. So it's not just ghosts. Although ghosts are important on it because I think, to me, the biggest question of all this stuff, I mean, there's a couple big ones. Are there, are there aliens? Have they been here? That's one that I know it's near and dear to your heart. Um, the other one is the, uh, we talked about the existence of a creator. That's, that's another question. But maybe the biggest question in some ways, because we might not all see a Bigfoot, 
We might not all see a UFO or not really be interested in UFOs. We might not always all believe in a higher power. But unfortunately, all of us are going to have physical death. So to me, that's that's probably my favorite topic uh, of all because I think it's absolutely universal. But the point being, I forget what the question was. Uh, I'm sorry about that. I have a tendency to run on. But basically, the paranormal podcast encapsulates all of that. And I want to get to as many of those subjects as I can. And sometimes I think it hurts the show because, you know, there's people that just want to hear about ghosts or just want to hear about UFOs. But I love the idea that you can tune in every week and you never know quite what we're going to get. Tomorrow's show at... Actually, it was going to post today, but it will post tomorrow. Is about crystals. You know, uh, do crystals have magical powers? You know, and that's, you know, that's not a ghost TV show. So we always like to keep the audience guessing and, and looking for new and interesting stuff to keep their, keep their mind working and keep them thinking. And that's, in my opinion, how shows should be, where you're keeping your audience on their toes. Because, yes, there are TV shows and shows in general that cover one specific topic, but sometimes there's only so much that you can talk about. But when you broaden it or when you begin to realize through your research the convergence of all these different yes. topics, it's very difficult to stay in this little box. And so to cover everything that you can that not only interests you, but you see it, you see a connection to your original interest trust, which in your case is the paranormal, it goes to show that everything is interconnected and we shouldn't label everything because it's not it's going to confuse you first off and then second off it's not going to allow you to grow and your perspective won't change. Yeah, I agree. And my perspective has changed over the years. I thought I could do this six months and have this all figured out. And the truth is, I think we talked about it before, I have more questions now than when I started. And I don't know that we'll ever get the full answers to all of this stuff. But boy, it's fun asking the questions. And it's just, um, you know, aside from the fact that this is the way I earn my living and it's cool to do a podcast and do what we're doing now, just like the the opportunity to talk to all these people over all these years uh, Probably, you know, definitely thousands of people about these topics. It's just, you know, it's kind of just a, a neat thing to have had all these conversations about these topics with people over the years. And the funny thing is, Christina, compared to people like you in the UFO scene or Micah Hanks in the UFO scene, Nick Pope in the UFO scene, or somebody, um, you know, some of the experts in cryptozoology and David Weatherly and people like, I mean, if I go to any of those categories, I feel like I'm a real dummy because I feel like people like you have really drilled down on one subject. But I, I think there is something to be said and it's kind of fun about being a generalist and being able to talk to you about UFOs and talk to Lyle Blackburn about cryptids and then uh, talk to... Jim B. Tucker about reincarnation. And, and so to know, you know, what is it? My my knowledge is a mile wide, but an inch deep. <laughs> I, I know what you mean. I started out only on UFOs, but I've seen evidence that there's a big convergence between the mm -hmm. UFO phenomenon and the paranormal. And then you see that connection with cryptids as well. So the more that you look into, the more that you realize that everything is what i would say is 
it's really hard to understand things when you look at the bigger picture and there's just more rabbit holes as well so as you and i had mentioned earlier it keeps you on your toes for sure it does so starting off as a paranormal podcaster looking into that as your main interest when did you begin looking into the ufo phenomenon or when did you begin to see the convergence between the two well i mean i think my second guest on the paranormal podcast was stanton friedman so i mean that was literally and boy he was very kind because i had no idea what i was doing um my first guest was lloyd auerbach who was one of the greatest parapsychologists and knows more about ghosts and that stuff than he's forgotten more than most people ever know and he's still very active and just a, a genius in the area second guest was stanton t freeman i'm like boy this is easy i can get these great <laughs> guests uh and it's definitely gotten harder over the years because now there are thousands of paranormal podcasts i think the question back then was a pod what pod what 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 pod but uh anyway uh, no immediately i immediately intended to delve into ufos because again i thought there were very much to me hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They fall just as much under that umbrella of the paranormal as ghosts. They're equals. It's not like, well, ghosts are paranormal, but UFOs are kind of paranormal. I, I Because I was saying if something is anomalous, we don't understand it. It's a mystery. Thus, it's paranormal. And that's the way I was defining it. So that was the second week that I did the show, that would have probably been August of 2005. So pretty early wow. on, yeah, I, I decided that uh, UFOs were going to be a part of the picture. And today we are flipping tables. You asked me this question when I was on your show a while back. Now oh. I'm going to ask you the same kind of question, and I would love mm -hmm. to hear your specific perspective on that. And that's the current situation when it comes to UFOs, not only in the last few years, but let's say since the beginning of 2023. UFOs have dominated the news, and then as of today, it just went to a hard stop just like when we saw the UAP preliminary report in June of 2021. So for someone that has been looking into this for nearly two decades, you've spoken to so many brilliant minds. What are your thoughts on this current UFO situation? I think it is a time for great peril for people. I'm not saying their safety, but a peril for people who are interested in moving the ball forward on this. And I'll explain what I mean. I think, for example, if you take the U.S. government, and I don't consider myself a conspiracy theorist, but I think there are some people in the U.S. government 
who are interested in getting as much information to the American public as reasonable and within bounds of national security, people like Marco Rubio, uh, Kristen Gillibrand, people like that. Um, I think the late Senator Harry Reid was in that category. People who say, look, Americans have a right to know. Okay, I think there's a contingent of people like that. Just reading between the lines, I'm not like, you know, I know you're plugged in, Ryan Sprague is plugged in, Micah Hanks is plugged in. I am not plugged in. <laughs> I'm just looking at this from the outside. But it appears to me that there's at least an equal or greater percentage of people in the government who are not in that category. They're the people who say, push this back. Let's get rid of this. We wish this would have never come out. We wish the Tic Tac video would have never came out. We wish all of these New York Times stories ever came out. So you come to 2023 when you've got these incidents, the, the first one being the Chinese spy balloon, which was uh, shot down, I think it was uh, on the coast of South Carolina, I believe. And then you have those subsequent ones that were shot down uh, over American and Canadian territory. And subsequently, it has been suggested these were just, you know, hobbyist balloons and things like that, although I don't really feel that we've gotten a clear answer. But now I think what's happening is a couple of things. First of all, I think that there is this thought being put out there. See? All this stuff, it's just hobbyist balloons. It's just garbage floating around there in the skies. Ha, ha, ha. Isn't it funny? All you UFO people have been going crazy for last year. It's just weather balloons. It's just an occasional spy balloon. Ha, 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 ha. It's just a joke. I mean, there was somebody on Colbert, one of the, the congressmen who was in a, or senator congressman who's on some kind of committee, of some sorts. And it was ha, 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 funny, 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 you know, and I think where the, and, and then, I, so I think that there's a possibility, there's an old saying in politics, never let a good crisis go to waste. So I think amongst the people who want to put the genie back in the bottle, I think there are people say, aha, here's our chance. And I said, I said this on my show a while back. I think it was with Ryan Sprague. And I said, I want, I want credit for this, this uh, word. I think that there is a great potential of the recookification of the UFO subject. In other words, I think before uh, Leslie Kane and, and um, Ralph Blumenthal and all of that stuff with the New York Times and the Tic Tac video and everything that came out. The general feeling before that is if you had an interest in UFOs, you were a kook. And then I think that started to change. People said, you know what? This looks like a real thing. We need to take a second look at this. Maybe we were too hasty. And now I think you've got this situation with the balloons and the people who would not want the truth to get out will reclassify it as, oh, it's a bunch of kooks. It's just a balloon. So I think that it's actually a great time for danger for the progress that has been made to try to get some answers. I hope I'm wrong. Um, 
And I also think now you're starting to see in the media when somebody talks about UFOs, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist, which is kind of like being called a communist in the McCarthy era. So um, I, I just think that there's an, a move afoot to put this genie back in the bottle and put the UFO subject back where some people think it belongs. Again, the recookification of UFO studies. When I saw you post that on your social media, I think it was your Instagram, mm. and I read recookification. I had to read it like three times, and I'm thinking, but what? am I reading this right? Like, <laughs> are my eyes okay? Are my contacts in properly? Like, what? Um, but then after, w once you get the grasp of the, of the word, you're like, ah, oh, I see. And then after watching the show, I'm like, I get it. I get it now. And I think it's a really interesting word. You're becoming the new Shakespeare, Jim. He invented <laughs> tons of to words, and now we use or them. not to be. That is the question. Exactly. And you have the skull right behind you as well. There you go. There you go. So Excellent. you can do it. Excellent. It's not a problem. But looking at all of this, and I do really like your perspective on this conversation about ufos attempting to put the genie back in the bottle is it possible and my point of view is what if everything is as it should be what if this is all just panning out the way that it's been planned like a slow drip of disclosure and then you're having this supposed battle that's all a stage like what shakespeare would say life is a stage right that's right so what i mean when we're dealing with all of these moving parts, so many different entities entities and agencies, it's very difficult to get to the root of the reason, the agenda, the purpose, um, because you are just dealing with, with so much and you don't know where to look. And I think that's where that confusion is um, where that where that confusion is supposed to be there to confuse the public. And that's why I like having these conversations with people like this so that we can help better understand what's going on here. But looking at this and very specifically about the latest issues with balloons, why, in your opinion, did all that news stop? It, it, it blew up, right, for a short period of time, and then we're not hearing anything whatsoever. Well, I think part of it's just the nature of the news cycle. And I think that it's kind of what you were talking about earlier. People have no attention span. Uh, people are worried about whatever the latest controversy is. So, I, I mean, you know, some horrific thing can happen. And in a month, everybody's watching Saturday Night Live or YouTube now or whatever it might be. So I, I guess what I'm saying is that people have no attention span and it has to be something that hits them in their lives. And if it isn't something that hits them in their lives, um, then they're, they're going to, you know, say, you know, what football team's playing this week or baseball team or whatever. You know, I think people, kind of what you said, people are stuck in their lives and it's understandable. You know, uh, in your case, you gotta, you gotta go to school. You've got those classes to finish up. You know, you've got, you've got the college. Um, you know, once you're in the work world full time, then you've got a job and, you know, and then I got to get my oil changed and uh, I have to get groceries this weekend to get my laundry done. And then when you have a family, oh my God, then it just 
exponentially explodes. So people's attention span, partially through no fault of their own, is very, they have very limited mental resources to deal with something like this and to ponder the great questions. And the news media is like, okay, interest is, I mean, really what I think set this story apart was the fact that things were shot down over American territory and Canadian territory. I mean, that's the first time anything like that's happened, right? So, I mean, I think that was the novelty of it. I remember um, the Friday night that they shot down, um, the not the first one, but I think it was subsequent. And it's like, what in the world is going on? You know, I thought I was in the middle of like a TV movie. You know, I was in the middle of like Sam's Club or something and my phone's blowing up. You know, so-and-so shot down over what, whatever state it was. I'm like, what? What? What's going on here? Uh, I think that novelty gave it a lot of boost. And people that one weekend were very, very interested. But then by Monday, it's like, oh, I got to go back to work. And uh yeah, what time's a football game on? And, you know, people get back to their normal lives. And, it, and it's just the news cycle. So I don't necessarily think it's nefarious in any way. I do think that I, I think the government, and again, it's difficult to speak in a monolith because the government is made of multiple people with multiple agendas. But in general, just like a corporation or any other big entity organization or the government, they have press people. They know how to manipulate the news in such a way. For example, I've said to you and many of my guests about the UFO question a couple of years back when that big UFO report came on out. They didn't bring it out Monday morning. They brought it out 4.30 on a Friday. And that was intentional. I mean, just the act of that was intentional. That's what you want to do when you want to bury a news story. So they manage the news. Don't get it wrong. And I think what they tried to do is get out what is the least amount of information we can get out and then shut everybody up? That's exactly what I think they did. But I think part of it's just human nature in the news cycle. I mean, look at the latest uh, UAP report that we got. That was, how can we say something in 200 words or less without actually saying anything right. but using a bunch of different words that yeah. mean pretty much nothing? Right? And I think, I think... The basically what they want to do is say, yeah, there's UFOs, but they're all explicable, you know, and the ones that aren't explicable are probably foreign countries uh, and their military or our military that, you know, certain departments don't know about. I think that's what they're shooting for. I don't think they want the idea of a, an other column. And the thing is, is that I believe probably the vast majority of UFO sightings are either, you know, man-made craft of some type, uh, could be military, um, could be drones, you know, um, people mistaking, you know, planets and stars for UFOs, Starlink, those uh, Elon Musk satellites now, um, people who are just mistaken, maybe wanting to see something. And then unfortunately, there's people that have full-blown hoaxes. But I think within all that, there is a segment that can't be explained. And is totally legitimate, and that's the that's the bunch we should really be looking at, the ones that we can't explain through kind of prosaic means. 
And that's kind of where the supernatural comes in as well, because you have those same types of categories in the sense of people see things, some things can be documented, some things sure. cannot, some things can be misidentified. Like if it's a wind, if there's like some wind, some draft coming through the house, it squeaks a door and you think it's a, it's a ghost of some right. kind, right? So what has to be one of your favorite topics when it comes to the supernatural? Well, I kind of I kind of let the cat out of the bag earlier. I'm sorry. The afterlife. Because as I said, we're not all going to see a Bigfoot, see a UFO, um, see a ghost, but we're all going to physically die. I personally believe that we survive this in some form. One of my favorite topics as a subset of that is near-death experiences. Because um, they're amazing experiences. There's a lot of commonalities between them. People often see a tunnel of light. They'll report floating above their bodies. And this is the part that gets me, Christina. This is the part that really gets me. When people see things that they couldn't possibly see because they're clinically dead or flatlining for a short period of time. And they're describing with great detail what what the medical people are doing, what specific implements they're picking up in a in a in a surgery room, a surgical room. Uh, I saw the nurse hand the scalpel scalpel to the physician. Then I saw him hand the clamps. These kind of very specific explanations that they couldn't see even if they were totally alive, let alone clinically dead. And then again, you've got the tunnel of light. You've got the life review. You've got kind of this point of no return where people are basically told either outright or telepathically, you can't go past this line or there's no return. You have to go back. So many common elements from so many people from so many walks of life. And I mean, I think the skeptics among us would say, oh, well, that's just the throes of a dying brain. You know, the tunnel of light is the loss of oxygen. It's a, it's what happens to uh, trainee astronauts on the vomit comet. And I said, OK, that's fine. But you tell me how can somebody float above their body while they're clinically dead and tell you what a surgeon did to them or a medical person? Um and there's really like a lot of silence and a humming and hawing. Now, again, back to that tunnel of light. <laughs> Very similar. I mean, I think you see, so, again, I'm not against skepticism. I think skepticism is called for in many cases. But there seems to be like this blind belief. It's almost like a, we talked about religion earlier. It's like a religiosity. It's like, well, don't confuse me with the facts because that can't be. So we have to find another explanation. Even when everything else has been ruled out, it's like, no, there has to be something else because that can't be. You know, don't confuse me with the facts. So I really believe that there is an afterlife. And I think it's in many ways the ultimate question. And in some ways, it answers a whole lot of other questions because I don't think there's a human alive, whether they're an atheist, they're a believer, they're agnostic, whatever, who hasn't thought, what happens when I die? Do I just like go to sleep and it's just like I'm taking the forever dirt nap? 
Um, do I go someplace? Do I reincarnate? Which is also a fascinating topic. I mean, my religious background is not really compatible with that, but boy, I find those reincarnation stories very compelling and very interesting. So I guess what I'm saying is, is that to me, it is the ultimate mystery and one that uh, really nobody, nobody has come close to cracking. You said that it would answer so many unanswered questions. In your opinion, if people were to know the answers to the afterlife that many of us have, what kind of answers do you think we would receive? Well, for one, again, back to the higher power thing, I think that would answer that question because I think by definition, if there's an afterlife, there's some kind of higher power because how is that all set into place? Um, so I think that would answer one question, that there's a larger purpose. And it may even in some ways answer questions about our uh, place in the universe. Because think about this. If there is a place where good humans go, uh, and hopefully I'm sure that's most of our people watching, um, then maybe there's a good place where other beings from other planets, and who knows, maybe we meet them there. You know, uh, I know that sounds really woo-woo, but... Um, you know, maybe it's possible. So maybe it answers all the questions. When you put it like that and you play and you look at it from that perspective, it makes it that much more interesting. So many people fear the concept of death, but imagine that as soon as you cross over and you leave the body, you receive all these answers. Wouldn't right. that be exciting? Wouldn't that be invigorating in a dead way kind of thing? <laughs> right? Kind of a dead way. I'm not in any hurry to find out, Christina, but um, I'll be there before you are. So uh, uh, if I can get back to you, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll, I'll call back in, but Please it might be hard to get I through. I won't be using a Ouija board to contact you, okay, Jim? <laughs> Which... Oh, please. We only have a few minutes left. But for those that haven't heard the story, please, please tell us the story of the inchworm moving Ouija board. Oh, you know that uh, story. I don't know if I told you that. Well, yeah, this one guy said when he was a young guy, he was from Texas. I think his name was Gabriel. This is many years ago. It's in one of my books. And uh, he um, started studying with this woman uh, about metaphysical stuff. And she, he said this one day he was at her place and she was showing him this Ouija board that I guess had some kind of spell on something. And he said that she put it flat on the, the, the floor and it started <laughs> inchworm style walking across the floor. And let me tell you, Christina, like I said before, I'm a coward. I'm safely behind my mic. I would be <laughs> I would be out of that place so fast. And then it's like. I'm forgetting how it went exactly. She threw the board in the fireplace and it wouldn't burn. And um, then she she threw the planchette in, but it was in a um, like a velvet type of um, case, I think it was. She threw it in, it wouldn't burn, but she took the velvet off, then all of it burned. And I'm like, dude, I would be out of there. You're, you're kidding me. And the funny thing is we have a Ouija board. We have a Ouija board. But um, we we don't use it. My my wife had it from when she was a teenager. And I've done a lot of shows on the Ouija board. I find it fascinating. In fact, hold on a sec. Got a little Ouija guy here. But um, I find it interesting, but I'm still freaked out by it. So 
if that were to happen, burn down the whole house. Forget it. You, you don't need any of it. If, if Man, the Ouija board isn't you, burning I, in the fire, I, I don't. What what's the other answer? What's what's yeah. the solution to that? I am just like that's people say. Well, do you want to be a paranormal investigator? And it's like <laughs> not really. Not really. No, it's okay. <laughs> I'm here behind my mic. I can ask the the big brave paranormal investigators what they they do. Uh, that that's another one of my favorite stories that you have under your belt because it's that one is it's just very scary. It sounds too good to be true. Um, but for myself personally, I am not fond of Ouija boards. I've I've heard enough stories to where it seems as if you are inviting something that you don't really want to. And then people use it as a party gag, thinking that it's fun in games. But a lot of the times from the stories that I've heard, there are consequences attached. I think that it's, you know, I, I've interviewed people who seem to say, hey, this is a great tool to get in contact with past loved ones and all these things. And I'm not saying that that's not possible, but I look at it kind of like a spiritual chainsaw. You know, you ever see... Christina, those great artists who take a chainsaw and they can carve ice or carve yes. beautiful things out of wood. And then you give it to me and I cut my arm off. So, <laughs> so the point being, I think a Ouija board's kind of like that. If you know what you're doing, maybe it's okay. But uh, I do think, I mean, if you believe in these things and believe that it can contact uh, the other side in some way, maybe it could contact something you don't want to contact or something that's pretending to be Aunt Myrtle, but it's something else. And that's where it gets really, really tricky with with playing with those types of things. So I, I stay away from them if I can. But uh, Jim, we have a few minutes left. So let me ask you this. In the almost two decades that you've been doing all of this research in the paranormal, the supernatural and UFOs, and being a paranormal podcaster, what is something that you've learned for sure while doing what you've been doing? One thing. One thing. The world is a far stranger place than we give it credit for. When we go to this, and we, we kind of danced around this the whole hour. But when we go to store and we pick up our groceries, come home and put them away, maybe we watch some TV or some YouTube at night, play some video games, um, spiritual chainsaw, good name for a band that hides in long grass. Good point. I like that. But when we're going about our everyday lives, we kind of forget about all this stuff, but it's just behind the surface. It's just under the surface. And keep in mind that you live in a far stranger world and there's so much we don't know about. I mean, I think about something like Christina, like DNA. You know, we didn't know about DNA 100 years ago, 200 years ago, but did it exist? It absolutely did. And it's obviously a very crucial thing to, to the way that uh, life exists and what we are, but we didn't know about it. So there's so much we don't know. And some of it falls into the scientific realm that we don't understand. I believe that firmly, like a DNA, and some of it falls into the more spiritual realm that we don't understand. And then there's the whole question of ET or interdimensional travelers or time travelers. I mean, I think about something like the idea of retro causality. Are you familiar with retro causality? Tell us about it. Retro causality is the idea that your actions of today can impact your past. Think about that a little bit. In my case, 
you know, I think I mentioned I had a lot of jobs I did not like for years. Um, and a lot of them were in business and advertising and all these different things behind the scenes of broadcasting. And then I started podcasting. But in this job, along with appearing in, in front of the mic, in front of the camera, whatever, I use all those lessons to keep the business side of this going. So it's what am I doing today almost making me end up in those jobs back in the 90s and the 2000s. Interesting. And because we think of time as linear and we think of it as like, you know, one, two, three, four. But what if it is much more jumbled up and the actions of today inform the past? So maybe your actions today, Christina, got you on the path when you were a little girl being interested in UFOs. I think you mentioned your your dad, I believe, was interested in these kind of topics or his interest in these kind of topics. And maybe what you're doing now informed that somehow. I know that just doesn't make sense. But again, we look at the world in a very specific, very linear way. I think it's much more complicated than that. I love it. And what a great way to end today's show. Jim, thank you so much for being on and being my guest today. Where can people find you online to follow up with your podcast? It's pretty simple. You can go to any podcast player at all, type in Jim Harold, and my show should come up. The one I really recommend for most people uh, who are watching this show are Jim Harold's Campfire and the Paranormal Podcast. And the Paranormal Podcast, we do a lot of UFO stuff. Also, I do have a YouTube channel. It's kind of burgeoning. And we're doing some fun stuff over there, youtube.com slash Jim Harold And Christina, I just got to say, every time I see you come up on my YouTube feed or see one of your social posts, I, I smile because I'm like, that is a young woman who is going places. And uh, I mean, you're just uh, uh, you're just setting the bar very high and doing great stuff. And you've just started. And I'm just very impressed with you and everything you do. Thank you. Coming from you, that that means a lot. You're a pioneer in the field. You've you've seen everything and everyone. I've seen so it all. <laughs> that means a lot to me coming from you. Jim, I'm gonna place you backstage, okay? Thank all you. right. What an awesome show today. John aside, thank you so much for the super sticker and supporting the RV fund. I do appreciate that as always. Out of everything that we covered today, which topic or story was your favorite? For me, it was the Ouija board story, but also the TI story as well. Both of those, uh, I love when he tells them. I could listen to them over and over again. They never get old. They are so exciting. So let me know what your favorite piece was in the live chat, in the comments below as well. I do read all of the comments, so don't be shy. If you enjoyed today's video, make sure to hit the thumbs up button. It shows me that you enjoyed today's show and subscribe if you haven't already. We do a bunch of live shows right here on this channel. Thursday is Mysteries with the History with Jimmy Church of Fate of Black Radio, and we're going to be doing Great Britain Part Two. And then on Friday is Weekly Strange News, and this week it's going to be our monthly roundtable with Jimmy Church and Micah Hanks co-founder of the debrief media so you do not want to miss those shows make sure to hit the notification bell on youtube so that you can be watching the show live if you want to continue this conversation bring it over to the discord server that link is below uh, where you can speak to 1500 other like-minded members on all of these topics and more you can also share your insights your opinions and your stories it is a safe and secure place 
where you can really enjoy all of that and more. That is it for today. I will see you on Thursday. Be safe and remember, keep your eyes on the skies.